Welcome to a very special episode of the Allie on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and today I am joined by the one, the only, my favorite human, Brian Cristiano. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Brian, you are no stranger to the Alley on the Run show. You've been here once or twice. Who are you? Who am I? I don't even know how to introduce myself here because I feel like this You're is my... my uh, I thought it was my show, but I guess not. not <laughs> the this last episode. time Brian was on, he hosted the show. That was the Callie on the Run, uh, the Callie on the Run episode, which was a lot of fun. So we kind of wanted to do something sort of similar because I am fresh off yet another trip. So... What are we doing here, though? I don't uh, I don't okay. have the complete context. <laughs> so basically the plan was, hey, let's record a podcast tonight. It's Friday night. And you know what? Let's break for a sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pinot Grigio. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> Unofficially, but if anyone out there makes Pinot Go Grigio. Go to PinotGrigio.com and order your... <laughs> I'm sure that exists. But basically... I wonder it's... what website that is. <laughs> hey, who, somebody find out what PinotGrigio.com actually is. And tw- I'm, I'm hopeful that it's not something inappropriate. Porn. Why? It's fine. Maybe it is. Yeah. Right. Somebody find out. It's Friday night. Have a good time. So it's Friday night. Basically, the way that our marriage works is Brian and I don't see each other a whole lot Monday through Friday. So now it's Friday night. We're excited to see each other and we haven't caught up in a while. So why not mic ourselves up and use our catching up as a podcast episode? This is our Friday nights, folks. Yeah. This is our actual Friday nights. It's also like 1030. Yep. This is our actual Friday nights at 1030. (laughs) Welcome to the Alley on the Run show. (laughs) Hashtag life. All right, let's do it. Let's go. Okay, so... Hi, Ellie. Ellie just came in the room, by the way. At one point this evening, before we opened the bottle of Pinot Grigio, we said, let's come up with a structure for this episode. Yeah, I've we already, didn't do that. I've already forgotten what yeah, we talked about. That's so, fine. But basically... We're going to roll with this. The last time that we sat down and did one of these episodes, I was fresh off a trip to California. I did a solo trip. It was life-changing. And I'm not saying that in a silly way. It actually changed my life. And it's been about a month since then, so I kind of wanted to do a bit of a check-in about what the last month since that trip has been like. And then we're going to also do uh, a little bit of listener Q&A at the end. Oh, did you get get a lot of questions? Yeah, I mean, I kind of dropped the ball. you put it on the Insta? I put it on the Insta stories, Allie on the Run 1. The IS? (laughs) No one calls it that. (laughs) No one has ever called it that, and that's... Stop trying to make IS happen. (laughs) (laughs) TM. So I wanted to talk a little bit. Well, I wanted to start and I wanted to tell a little story that I call last Monday. Mm, wait, 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 wait. Was this the the Ellie last Monday? It was a pretty bad day okay. for me. Okay. Are you just going to tell the story? Did I tee it up or are you just getting into this? Oh, you want to tee it up? Yeah, go ahead. It was Monday and what? I'd gone to work? What was the deal? Why? why oh, yeah. You... you actually weren't involved. I no, mean, no, no. I just gone to work. I heard about I'm it. I'm like, sure we got in a fight before you left. Day. I'm sure I was mad about something. I don't remember what I had done that weekend. It was the week before I was about to leave on a trip for Bermuda with my friends. I booked it kind of last minute. They they had all planned the trip back in August. And they were like, hey, we're going to go. We're going to run the Bermuda Triangle race series. It's super fun. And in August, I was so sick that I was just like, guys, this sounds cool, but I'm out. Like, didn't even consider it. I was just like, I need to get healthy. So they all booked this trip. Fine. But then, of course, I went to California. I started feeling better. And all of a sudden, I found myself booking a flight to Bermuda. So it was the week of the race. But it was Monday morning. And I don't know what was up. It was one of those mornings where I just kind of woke up on the way wrong side of the bed. 
not the foot of the bed, which is where Brian has to sleep when mm. when Ellie takes his spot. <laughs> That's, there's some actual truth to that. At least twice a week, I end up getting into bed really late because I stayed up working late, and I get into bed, and you're on one side, and Ellie is on my side on the pillow. She likes to sleep next to me. It's so cute. And so I'll just sleep where she sleeps at the foot of the bed. So if you're listening to this and you have a dog, surely you understand you you can't move the dog and you definitely can't move the wife. So Brian sleeps horizontally at the foot of the bed because he doesn't want to. Oh, I have. That's true. At least two nights a week week lately. Once or twice a week. Yep. So anyway, I woke up. I'm kind of fine with it, though, to be honest with you. (laughs) So am I. I sleep next to Ellie. It's great. I'm not disturbed. Anyway, it just was one of those mornings where just like I was... I don't know, just on on the wrong side of the bed, kind of frustrated. So I usually go and I take an Orange Theory class at 9.30 in the morning. That's my sweet spot. That's usually when my stomach's the happiest. So before I go to the 9.30 class, a couple times a week, Ellie goes to school, which school is doggy daycare, but we call it school because it makes us feel better about... She learns a lot of stuff. She learns a lot. We call the people that work there her teachers, so... Yep. So I usually... I will we'll get in the car. I'll sometimes I drop Brian off at the ferry. I drop Ellie off at school and then I drive myself to Orange Theory. It's very soccer mommy without being an actual mom or involving soccer. So last Monday I get Ellie in the car. I'm ready for my workout. All of a sudden I'm in the Orange Theory parking lot and I turn around and Ellie's still in the car. And I was like, oh my God. What just happened? I totally forgot to drop her off at school. I was so out of it. I drove, and they're in totally opposite directions. Yeah, they're not even close to each other. They're like two and a half miles in the opposite direction in Jersey. 3.5, actually. Is that exactly? Okay, now we know. Who's counting? So now I'm like, oh my God, I'm at, like, what do I do? So of course I like realize it. So I have to haul ass to get Ellie back to school and then try to get back to the class. And it's just, I know that's so silly, but it kind of... And then keep in mind, the whole time I'm driving her back to school, I'm having the worst road rage of my life. And the last time I recorded a podcast with my dear husband, Brian, I was talking about how I was in L.A. and I didn't care about all the traffic because I was so happy. Road rage is silly. That's a waste of energy. I'm so Mm, positive. Welcome back to the East Coast. Right? So I'm like flipping out at people. At one point, I'm driving and the car in front of me slammed its brakes on. Idiot. So I had to slam mine on. And Ellie kind of... She's in the back seat, but she kind of like fell in between the seats and she was fine, but that had never happened before. And I just burst into tears because, of course, I was the worst dog mom ever. So I'm a mess. I drop her off at school. I'm a mess. I finally get back to the workout. I made it in time. Whatever. Not a big deal. And I literally cried that entire workout. It was just one of those days. I just felt very emotional. And I was so mad at myself because I was like, you know what? It's only been a month since I left for that California trip that changed my life and made me a better person and gave me all this perspective. And I kind of beat myself up about it because I was like, it took so little to derail all that progress I felt I had made. So that was last Monday. It's intense. And the day didn't, I would love to say like, but then I worked out and I felt better. No, I cried for the duration of the workout and no one noticed because I'm pretty sweaty. Uh, So that was fine. But like, I couldn't shake it for the entire day. I just couldn't. And then it kept being other things. I kept dropping stuff and dropping stuff freaks me out. I know that sounds so silly, but before I get a Crohn's flare, I drop stuff a lot. So of course, then I'm panicking. Am I getting sick again? Is it because I'm stressed? Just like questioning everything. And I just, just had a really bad day. I don't know that there's a profound takeaway from that, but I just, I keep thinking about that day and how, why are you harping on it? Okay, so here's part of it. 
I felt like I had spent this week in California learning to be really present. And that day I felt so not present. How did I manage to drive all the way to this workout without realizing I hadn't brought my dog to school, without realizing she was still in the back seat? Like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? How was I so out of it that I didn't realize? So I was kind of just disappointed in myself, I guess. And I felt like a bad dog mom. But did you ever figure out why? No, because then I just basically was like, I need to get through this week so I can leave for Bermuda. Hmm. Okay. Was Ellie was Ellie angry at you for the rest of the week? Probably. No. No. She didn't even notice. She never she thought it was mad. a cool ride for an extra yeah, twenty right? minutes. Yeah, right. She's like, "Where are we going, Mom?" Except that Orange. She would have Theory's... wanted to take a class. <laughs> yeah, she would love that. But Orange Theory is also in the same parking lot as the vet, so I think she was probably like, "Whoa, do I have to get shots, Mom?" Or the dog toy store. And the toy store. So. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. She probably it was... got disappointed, be- not because that uh, of what you did, but probably because you took her all the way to that parking lot. Like, oh, I'm going to get a toy. She nope. did get a toy. She did? You took yes. her in? Yes. No, I didn't take her in. I didn't have time. But after, oh my God, after class? Yeah. What'd you do? What'd you get her? I, I don't went, know about this. Yeah, I went and I bought her those little sausage things that she likes. Yeah. And so when I picked her up from school later that day, I was like, please eat these sausage and don't oh. be mad at me. All right. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway. So, so anyway, there's really no takeaway. You haven't really figured that out yet. The You're just, ta- yes. But, but, but you, yes. you feel strong enough to talk about it in a podcast on a Friday night. Yes. <laughs> well, Pinot Grigio, sponsored by Pinot Grigio. No, the takeaway from that was that I felt like it all came back to not being present and that that is something that I really do struggle with and that I had gotten better with on that trip and that was very quickly derailed when I came back home and that I really want to try harder to be better at okay. is being present, being in the moment, not constantly thinking about what am I doing next and whether the present is challenging and I'm stressed, fine. Like, that's fine. I'll get through it. But like, you know, it's kind of like when I'm the day that I made your birthday present, Brian's birthday was in December. Yeah. The day that I made your birthday present, I wasn't, I mean, that was an amazing gift, but I wasn't present that day. I, for Brian's birthday. I'm trying to remember this. I'm trying to recall. You don't remember your birthday present? That's so rude. Brian loves fast cars. And we have a Mazda Mazda CX-5. So it's like an SUV. Sure. I love our car. It's great. It's fine. But it doesn't look fast. And so for Brian's birthday, as the selfless wife that I am, I decided I would put racing stripes on our car. So I drove it into a yellow pole in our garage. Yep. Thus, that you drive past every day. <laughs> thus, putting racing stripes on one side of the car. Yes. My the- birthday gift really was ordering from Amazon the, the the kit to rebuff the entire left side of the car. But that was really my gift. Which Brian did while I was on my Cali on the run trip. I did. I did. <laughs> while you're bas- basking in the sun, I'm uh, removing the racing yeah, stripes. Because re- it looked too fast. He returned his gift. It looked too fast. I figured I'd get pulled over <laughs> for it. There was no gift receipt on that. It all comes back to not being present. We can move on from this story now. Yeah. Okay. So not present. Um, So what happened after that, though, right? Well, I went to Bermuda. I ran away, as usual, as I ran away. Tell me about that, though. Well, a couple weeks ago, Brian and I had a little heart-to-heart. And some of our heart-to-hearts go really well, and some of them I just cry and get upset. But in this particular one, which I think was a cry and get upset one, we were kind of talking about the whole alley on the run thing. And when I first came up with the title alley on the run, because I was 
I came up with a blog. I wanted to come up with a blog and didn't know what to call it. And that seemed catchy. Alley on the Run was because I was running a lot. In more recent times, you have kind of alluded to the fact that Alley on the Run has taken on a bit of a different meaning. Mm. I, yes, I was digging I st- into that, but you didn't seem to love that process I, too much. That night I didn't, but now I'm kind of okay with You're it. You're open so to it now. Okay. I have started running away from my problems. Hmm. I am alley on the run in a different way now. Mm. I mean, I'm still alley on the run. I still love running. But um, when I went to California, I wasn't so much looking for something as I was. I wanted to get away. Right. When I went to Bermuda, it wasn't so much. I mean, yeah, I wanted to go hang out with my friends and run these races. But it was more I didn't want to be here. Right. So kind of seeing a pattern that because I feel a little lost in my own life. It's very scary to me. It's very overwhelming to me. I don't have the answers for it. I know I'm not going to find them tonight while we record this episode. Like, I'm constantly hoping to get this light bulb moment of like, this is what I want to be when I grow up. This is what I need to do to be fully happy and fulfilled. And I know it's not that easy. And it's very easy to say that to someone else. And that's exactly what I would say if this were my friend. But when it's yourself, it's a little harder to have all the answers. But if you recognize it, then what is it that's like stopping you from addressing it, I guess? Addressing what? Well, if you recognize, well, I'm running away from stuff and I don't really know what I, exactly where I, you know, well, what's next for me. What's stopping you from like addressing it? Why are you running away from it instead of addressing it, I guess, is the question. Hi, Ellie. Ellie brought us her toy. Yeah, welcome Hi, back. sweetie. Welcome to the Alley on the Run show, Ellie. <laughs> um, well, I think part of it is I'm always running away from something different. What do you mean? You know, when I booked, and I and I mentioned this last time we recorded, when I booked my trip to California, we got in a fight, and I was like, I'm out. Like, I'm, I need to get away for a little while. When I've done stuff in the past, it's because I'm sick, and so I'm trying to run away from that. Right. It's kind of... And I will say that this was another thing I learned. I know that story about last Monday was kind of silly. But one thing I did actually learn that day as I was kind of like, you know, am I just waking up on the wrong side of the bed or is there something more here? And I was kind of looking at like, where in my life am I unhappy? Where do I want to change stuff? And I kind of realized like, yeah, I went on this amazing trip and I thought everything would change. But your problems don't just go away. Just because you ran away... They will follow you anywhere until you fix them. Brian is looking at me with the smuggest look on his they face. They certainly do. So that was actually kind of a light bulb moment for me that day where I was just like, you know, when I left for that trip, I had these issues I was running away from. I felt better when I came back because I was really happy, but I hadn't actually fixed a lot of things. I hadn't figured out what I want to do with my life. I hadn't figured out what I want to be when I grow up. I hadn't, you know gotten rid of whatever problems we have at home like we're happy and we love each other don't worry but like it's a marriage there's always going to be something I haven't fully fixed my health that's always going to come back so I think yeah it's easy it's so easy and so gratifying to run away from your problems but at some point you have to come back I learned I'm sorry I had to come back we worked on this Mm, last time we did work on that I had to come back and I still have to face the same issues. And then I booked another trip to get away and now I'm back. And it's, I guess it's 
I guess it's on me to figure everything out. And this all sounds very vague, but but I'll I'll boil down what the issues are. What's that? Okay, number one, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Right. Well, I spent my whole life knowing exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I know I've set, told this story up. a million times. By the time I grew up, apparently I was 26, did that. And now I'm 32 and I'm not sure. I say I'm constantly trying to figure it out. I don't, I don't know how hard I'm actually trying to figure that out. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much how much time do you really put into figuring it out? 10 being like I am constantly. Two. There you go. Unless 10 was going to be I am constantly not trying, that would right. be 8. I have, a th- I have a theoretical question. It's not really for you because I know you know the answer to this. I think it's more for the listeners to, to think about this exercise I've been through in my journey of life uh because i've I've been there i felt the same way um is well you know what's something that you feel really that you do really well that you're like i'm putting it in at least a seven to a ten something that i do really well well i love talking to people i think i'm very good at talking to people i'm very good at listening i'm very interested so i love doing this podcast right are you putting? Are you doing? People. Are you putting a love energy level and focus no. in it like a seven to a ten? What no. What in your life are you putting a seven to a ten in right now? Nothing. Hmm. What, when it Nothing. when in, and actually when in, that's that was like so instinctual to answer. But when yeah. I actually look at like the things I do every day, the things big picture that matter, like I don't think I'm giving anything my all right, right now. I think I'm letting myself go in a couple different ways like taking care of ellie or doing stuff around the house that needs to get done and coming mm-hmm. up with a lot of excuses not to give my all right was there is there something that you can think back to it doesn't have to be right now but some some point in the past where you know confidently you were putting in a seven to a ten. Oh yeah like the what? whole time i was working up to being editor-in-chief of dance spirit right and- i was killing it right and i don't mean like i wasn't sleeping like that's your thing that was never my thing but like i was working really hard i was going to every meeting i could find i was calling people to you know to network to get more information like i just i was so passionate i was so excited Mm -hmm. i was so eager yeah and i i've lost a lot of that drive yeah because i don't really know where i want to channel it Mm -hmm. well the question that i have is if out of a out of a zero to a ten at that point in time, where would you rate yourself as far as focus and effort? Ten. Okay, and 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 as far as putting a ten out of a ten into focus and effort on that and becoming an editor in chief, um, how how did it work out? What were the level of results? Well, initially ten. Right. It was so gratifying, right. and you know what? What I loved so much is I did that all myself. Right. Which. But the result, the results were what above normal, decent, poor. How would you rate um, that? I mean, at first it was absolutely incredible. Like right. right now we're sitting in my office and I'm staring at this giant printout of a cover of Dance Spirit with Mia Michaels on the cover. It was my favorite issue I did as editor-in-chief. So proud. Right. Like I still, it's been, that was 2013. I still look at that with so much pride because mm-hmm. I did that. Right. So my so here's my question. And again, this isn't necessarily you because again, you know the answer, but this is the this is the exercise is, okay, so when you were putting in a 10 out of a 10 and you were getting these results and you became the editor-in-chief of the magazine at a really young age, and you were crushing it and you're working with Mia Michaels and all these amazing things that you had dreams to do, you got those results. If you were to relive that moment in time and pu- and do that same moment in time, but you only did it at a two or a three, would you have gotten the same results of course not exactly so so then so it's just now going okay 
how do I expect to get any result in any of my parts of life if I'm only uh, if I'm not operating at a seven to a ten in at right. least something? But I knew what the goal was then. Mm-hmm. You knew your why. What was and your? I have no actually, idea. Actually, I've never asked you this. What was your why then? Why did you want to become an editor in chief? Oh, because I loved every aspect of it. I loved the dance industry and I loved writing and I loved editing. I love managing. I love having a team that works under me. I love executing on ideas. I love collaborating. Um, and these things are all still true. They were true yeah. then. They're true now. The difference is I'm not doing any of those things now. What, what's changed? I left that job and I haven't figured out what I want to do since then. And I've been telling that same story for five years. Four years. I mean... Hmm. I left that job in 2014, so it's been four years yeah. since I left that job, and I'm still talking about it because I haven't done anything since then that lives up to it. Right. And I don't mean that lives up to the actual job. The actual job was great, but there's a reason I left when I did. But I haven't found anything that I'm passionate about in that same way since then. Mm-hmm. And I, I, And trust me, I think about it every day of my life. Like, what am I that passionate about? And... I have no idea and I don't know how to figure it out. And that's why I'm scared every single day. Well, I, I, look, what's I, the answer? It's tough. It's, <laughs> it's not an answer. It's a journey. But I think that the interesting part of this whole thing is, well, you said like, look, I'm not putting in a seven to 10 effort on anything. You actually are. You're putting a seven to 10 on the other side of that on focusing and on the reasons of which yeah. you don't know. I don't, you've convinced yourself that you really don't know, that you're lost. You've spent a lot of energy convincing yourself of that instead of putting the energy into something, even if it's not ultimately the thing that you do or want to do. But you, it's, it's very easy for anyone, myself included, definitely my past self, to say, hey, well, you know, I'm not putting an effort into these areas because I don't know if it's the right thing. You know, in my case, when when I was earlier on in business before I really got to where I am now back in the mid 2000s and, you know, things weren't going well, I was broke. I was living on a couch and I'm going like, okay, well, you know, is I, you know, things I made up all these reasons for why things weren't going well, but, but the same thing is what I didn't take the the time to do is take the step back and say, okay, well, I'm not putting in a seven to 10 in any area of my life, but it doesn't stop there. It's, I actually am putting, I'm putting a 10, I'm putting a 20 out of 10 into the excuses, the reasons, the I, well, it's not, it's because of this and I'm not good at that. And what happens is, is you create this downward spiral where you feel like, you know, well, I'm not putting energy into something because I don't know what it is, but you're actually putting all of the energy. Like I, if, if I'm to like simplify this, at least the way that I view it and is, is, and this might not be correct, but this is the way that I envision it. I, I pretend it's like, okay, you have a hundred percent energy at all times. You will give a hundred percent energy at all so times. You can't like, actually here's a, here's a quick example, right? Like, can you stop thinking about everything like can you shut your mind off and not think <laughs> no no what no, even Have the you best met me right even the best people in meditation I'm constantly writing things in yeah, my head correct <laughs> right like you have your your mind is somewhere always. always there's no nowhere right there's even the best people who are like a, like a buddhist monk is still has something in their mind they can't completely clear that's it that's what i need in my life maybe buddhist yeah, right that'd be an interesting trip actually i'd love to go uh, see that. anyway <laughs> when when i don't know i don't know right <laughs> we'll do documentary that's how we'll get there but anyway <laughs> we'll 
we'll do a podcast. So the truth is, is that no matter, you can't stop yourself from putting 100% of your focus somewhere. Now, you can divide that focus up at every moment in your time, put 10% across 10 different places, or you can put 100% in one place, but you can't put 0%. You're always at 100 so will you trick yourself into thinking that you're just not necessarily operating at your maximum? No, you are. You're actually putting all of that focus onto the things that are actually completely detrimental to your moving forward. That's yeah. at least the way that I, I view just it need to and something out. that helped me move forward like way back in the day. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. I <laughs> On the last episode, we talked about how my li- my penchant for list making Mm-hmm. and where that came from and what I'm trying to do now it doesn't require more lists I apologize but I'm trying to write down every day what did I do today that made me happy right. what did I do today that I didn't like whether yeah. it pertains to my job or not it doesn't matter like okay today I enjoyed doing the laundry it made me feel productive I I liked getting the laundry done I didn't enjoy doing the dishes they're, you know, just stupid things like that. I enjoyed going to Orange Theory. I didn't enjoy grocery shopping. I enjoyed interviewing someone for this story I had to write. I didn't enjoy actually sitting down and writing it. Can I stop you for a quick second? Can I ask you a different question about the same thing? Instead of what did I enjoy versus what I not enjoy? What are you curious about? I'm very curious about other people and their lives. And it's funny you ask this because I will... I will never forget my ex-boyfriend. He was kind of the worst. Where are we going here? You know who's on this podcast, right? Yeah, my husband. Are you threatened? No. Okay, so my ex-boyfriend used to tell me that it was embarrassing when I would go out and meet his friends because I would ask them a million questions. And... At some point, usually when I'm with people, and this actually happened a couple weeks ago at dinner when I met someone new for the first time, he, within like two seconds, he was like, are you a journalist? I was like, yes, I am. Thank you for asking. And he was like, yeah, I can tell. I just love asking people questions. I love learning about their lives. I think it's fascinating learning the decisions that got people where they are today. I love when people talk about their failures, their success, just all of it. All the, the reason I'm doing this show. Right. So I'm very curious about that. Okay. So then my next question is, if you are curious about other people, their lives, their ups, their downs, et cetera, and you're good at communicating and you're friendly, which you very much are, and you have charisma, which you very much do, and you're pretty, which you very much are. Oh, keep going. (laughs) You know what? Let's pivot this. Right. Just let's make it the compliment show. The compliment show. If you're interested in, in, in all of those things... If you put your time, even if you didn't know what you ultimately wanted to do when you grew up, but you put your time and energy into doing that as much as possible, put your energy into that, do you think that by learning through other people's dreams and lives and challenges and successes that you might find things that are other things that are intriguing to you or interesting to you or potential? Yes, of course. Here's, you know what? You looked like, wait, I still have more, but let me have my life. Well, the punchline was going to happen, (laughs) but you decided to bulldoze it. Um, (laughs) Marriage. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, but no, so, so, so that's it, isn't it? Like, if you don't have this thing that you're like, oh, I want to be the CEO. I want to, you know, I want to be the CEO of Bold Worldwide. 
okay, like I have a very clear trajectory. You don't have a clear trajectory right now. You did. Do you have one for me? You accomplished it. And so now you're kind of like, well, I crossed the finish line. I'm lost. I don't know. Is there another race? Like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. But there is because you have this interest and this natural ability and you're very talented and great at uh, what, whatever you want to call it, journalism, content, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's all blended together now, but right, it is the ability to be inquisitive, ask questions, learn about other people, talk about their lives. Through that, that in and of itself is a skill that most people don't get, right? Or don't have or don't learn. And you have it and you're not, you are doing it, but you're not putting it as seven to a 10 and right. saying, you know what? I don't know exactly where I'm going. But through my skill set that I know I'm good at, I'll be able to not only touch a bunch of people, tell a bunch of great stories, continue to do what I do best, but also learn from all these other people and through that probably find other opportunities, things I like, yeah. things I want to try. So it just looking at it from my perspective, I just go, man, if you went seven to 10 on that, that will absolutely lead you to the next step. You don't know what that next step is. I don't know what that next step is, but certainly it exists. You're going to hate what I'm about to say. Uh-oh. As you're saying all that, I'm sitting here like, oh my God, how cool would it be to literally just spend every day just talking to people, mm -hmm. talking to people on the street, talking to people that I want to talk to, that I reach out to and I make happen, talking to people for this show, just talking to people. Like that's all I want in life. Yeah. And the first thing that I, after I had that thought while you were talking, I swear I was listening, but also kind of, I was thinking through it. Yeah. Sure. The first thought was, oh my gosh, how amazing would that be? And then it was, well, why am I not doing that? And then it was, cause that's not a job. I, Brian just rolled his eyes, FYI, as I knew you would, because I have been raised to think a certain way. Society has me thinking a certain way. Everyone, but you has me thinking a certain way, which is that you have to have a job. And if this isn't, you know, and otherwise it's, how do I turn this into a job? It's, okay, well, I say I want to talk to people. You don't even get two seconds. I don't even feel that I give myself two seconds of saying, wow, that would be so fun before it's, well, how do I leverage that? How do I make money off that? How do I turn that into my job? Well, nope, still going to have to be writing these little crappy articles I don't really enjoy on the side to be a freelance writer because that's my job. And I don't remember if we talked about this on the last show, but that like I grew up with the idea of what success is. Yeah. Success is a job. Success is a stable job. Success is a job you're at for a very long time. And then success is uh, being married. Success is a house. Success is kids. Success is all these things. And that's how I was raised. And that's fine. And I, I know that I say like, I'm learning how to redefine success for myself. I'm not doing anything about it because I still have that in my head. The minute that I just now said, oh my God, that would be such a rewarding way to cement my day, I immediately talked myself out of it because that's not a job. Because, oh my God, what will people think? Oh, like, I remember getting a comment on my blog when I went freelance and I never like wrote a post about my decision to go freelance because what was I going to say, I guess? And I didn't really care. But I remember someone commenting, saying, Allie, I've loved your blog for so long, but now that you're not working, you're less relatable. Okay. Like, all right. I'm not on this planet to be relatable to people. I'm on this planet to 
do what I want to do. And yet, why do I remember that comment? Well, that's what I was going to say. If you're bringing it up, then it hit a nerve for some reason. Yeah, because people judge you. But why are you worried about being judged? I don't know. What is your biggest fear? Probably snakes, <laughs> hairless cats, and f- maybe failure. Why are you afraid to fail? Because I've never done it. What do you mean? I don't think I've ever tried something or really wanted something and not had it happen. And I am very aware of how that sounds. I'm aware of how that can sound braggy. I'm aware of the privilege behind that statement. I am very aware. And I've never been more aware than I am right now. Yeah. Saying it out loud. But this is something I'm realizing in this moment Hmm. that I don't think that I've ever really wanted something and not gotten it. And I don't mean it was always easy. Becoming editor-in-chief of Dance Spirit was not easy. Right. Doing that by the time I was 25 was not easy. I worked my ass off for that. You know, but you did not get it. It didn't not happen. No, it happened. Right. Like even training for races. Like the only times I've really not gotten to fulfill race dreams, however big or small they were, is because I've gotten sick. That's not to say every race has been victorious. I've certainly had failures, setbacks, whatever. But in the grand scheme of things, like I made it to those start and finish lines, except when I'm sick and that's out of my control. So I don't count that as a failure by any means. But I don't think I like looking at my life as a whole. I've gotten jobs I've wanted. Mm -hmm. I've gotten relationships I've wanted. Mm -hmm. I saw a cute caterer at a shoot and I said, all right. (laughs) And here we are. But like, I am very aware that I've had, with the exception of having a chronic illness that really sucks, I've had a really easy life. Mm. I haven't had many hardships, haven't had a lot of losses. Mm. I know how I am grateful for that. I know I am very privileged for that. But that makes the potential for failure really daunting to me. What do you, what does failure mean to you though? It means having a goal or a dream and not achieving it. What happens if you don't achieve it? Then I'm disappointed. Then it sucks. Then it's back to square one. Then it's everyone knows I had this dream and didn't achieve it. And I don't, I don't know who I care. Like, I don't, who are you trying to impress is the question. You? You already impressed me. That's not true. It is true. You told me you were disappointed in me. That wasn't a specific instance. That wasn't a generalization. I'm very impressed with you as a person. But it's it's one of those things that stuck with me. Okay. You so you once were told afraid. me one time. Right. Unrelated a to anything ago. general. No, that's not true. That was like a big picture talk. What? Why are you afraid Uh, Like, what is it, though? You're afraid of disappointing other people? Absolutely. Why? Because I'm a people pleaser. I just want to make people happy. What do you get out of making people happy? The satisfaction of having made someone else smile. I've never in my whole life, I have never put myself before other people. Mm -hmm. And that includes total strangers. I feel good when I make other people feel good. Right. I love making people happy. That's not something that I do 
to make myself feel good. That's a byproduct of it, sure. But from my dog to my parents to my stranger friends on the internet, I love the idea that I could make someone smile, that I could make someone laugh. I say that my goal is to make people laugh and smile at least once on every episode. And so far, I've just been crying on this one. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to make up in, yeah. the, in the back half of this episode. Sprint's going to be fast. <laughs> I love making people happy. I have, I'm a, I've always been a naturally very silly person, mm-hmm. which is something I've owned. That different ex-boyfriend who broke up with me because he said my first love. How many love, ex-boyfriends do you have? Listen, whatever. Numbers, not important. <laughs> You're my number one for life. I, my first love, my high school boyfriend broke up with me because he said I was too silly. Mm -hmm. And that stuck with me for a long time. I don't think it changed how I acted, but I mean, it's been, I was 16 then. Yeah. I'm double that now, if my math is correct. Yeah. So I still remember that. We were in the parking lot so for by the Steeplegate Mall. So 50% of your life, you've hung on to that. <laughs> I haven't hung on to it. It's not like something I think about every morning and right. write about in my journal. Like, am I being too silly right now? But it took me a long time to own it. I think I kind of always thought there would come a point where I would like morph into like that cool, sexy girl. You know, like I, I wrote a blog post about this recently because I was just like, you know, I'm never going to be that girl. I'm, I don't drink beer. All the cool girls in college drank beer. Mm. All the girls that the guys thought like, oh, she's cool. She's a cool girl. They were drinking beer. I wasn't drinking beer. I didn't want to go to the clubs. I liked staying in. Mm-hmm. I've never done the stereotypical cool things. Yeah. I've always kind of been a homebody. I've always skewed a little more silly than sexy. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of who I am. Right. And I think I always thought like, oh, at some point or whatever. I don't know how I got there. <laughs> wow. All right. I, I'm trying to take a step back here, right? Because I, I think we're getting somewhere. What should um, I be when I grow up? What do you see? I'm And I am and I know that you're going to be like, whatever makes you happy. Because that's what you always say. And you're very supportive in that way. Mm-hmm. But like when we first met, yeah. I was about to become editor-in-chief of a magazine. Right. How much of that factored into your opinion of me? I don't think that specifically that factored into my opinion of you. I think your drive to want to be something and to go after it and to accomplish it definitely made my opinion of you. So then how does that compare to now? I mean, it's definitely, I mean, look, you've said it on the show. You've said it that you're not focused on anything specific. You don't have a goal. You don't know what you want to be when you grow up. I dropped a battery. Um, wow. All right. This got deep. Look, I, I think. Well, because it's such a big contrast between us right now. Extremely. Where you Extreme. are the most motivated Extreme you've ever been. ever in my life. Like I am a thousand percent and confident and you are lost I've incredibly ever been. non-confident. Yeah, I know. Which is very hard on us. Yeah. Because it's not like, it's not personal, but it's, I get it. It's frustrating to both of us because and and this is not a negative on you or a patting myself on the back. This is just factual where, yeah, like I come in and no matter what's going on, no matter how tough things are, I'm like warrior mode. Like I'm going to crush it. I don't care. We'll figure it out. We'll solve it. We'll move forward. Stand aside. Let's go. And you're on the other side, like timid and unsure and whatever. And so I think like the contrast in that of 
I have this extreme confidence makes you maybe even feel slightly more incom uh, unconfident. And then I think because I'm so confident and I come in and you're unconfident that like, like I feel <laughs> like, yeah, I, I obviously I will just feel sometimes like, well, you just don't care that I, like I'm going through this amazing time in my life and you don't want to be a part of it or yeah. whatever. And it's not, it's again, it's hard. not that, no, it's not. but it's, I know, like, and yeah, obviously we, this is challenge. not the first time we're talking about no. it, but like that has no, been a really big strain yeah. the last couple months. Like, it's not that I'm not happy for you. Right. Of course I'm happy for you. Like, right. it's fucking awesome right now for you. Right. But like, it's very hard, you know, when you post all your stuff on Instagram, like, Rise and grind, crush it. Like all the friggin' things that I'm just like, oh my God, stop. Like all the things that I A, just don't relate to right now. I mean, granted, we have very different styles of what motivates sure. us. That's fine. Anyway, like yeah. very different in that in that regard. Now it's a little different, but like when I was sick. Right. And I felt totally out of control. Then it, and that's when all this started. Mm-hmm. When your stuff that's still going on with work now really started exploding in a really exciting way is when I was at rock bottom sick. Right. So depressed. And there was no crossover. Mm-hmm. Everything awesome that was going on in your life had nothing to do with me. Right. Everything that I was upset about, I resented about you. Yep. Like it was, a, it was just, it's been a lot of friction. It's different mm-hmm. now because I'm healthy and because I think we do a better job of at least talking about it. Now we just talk about it in front of the world. Yeah, right. Like, let's, I'm going to refocus it again, right? Because I think yeah. we were getting somewhere with the whole failure thing. Why, why, what is it? So, okay, it is what other people think of you. Why are you yeah, worried like, about what other people that. think of you? You I, are, like, though. I it's just the truth. I those words to come out of my mouth because okay. I'm like, ew, that's so lame. And if anyone else ever said that, I'd be like, who cares? Like, right. everything that I would say to other people, mm-hmm. I'm starting to realize I'm not implementing in my own life. Yeah. And I'm not believing about myself and... My friend Ed had a really good point after when we were in Bermuda, we ran these races and like, I had this really stupid goal for the mile. I was like, I want to run close to 6.30 for the mile. Keep in mind, I've barely been running. And when I ran, I've raced one mile in my life. It's two years ago. I was in peak marathon condition. I ran a 6.23 on a point to point course on a perfect day. This course had two 180 degree turns. It was partly uphill. It was directly into a headwind and I haven't been running, but I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to run 630. I ran 653, which like, I didn't even let myself have two seconds Mm. of realizing that's still a damn good time. Right. Didn't even give myself that. I stopped my watch. My watch, I think said like 655 or something by the time I stopped it. And I was like, oh really? Like that's nowhere near where I wanted to be. And immediately like, not that I got, I didn't get super down on it because I was still in Bermuda running with my friends and didn't poop my pants, which is a pretty, pretty good it's a victory. good day. Yeah. But at no point, and I still have it, at no point did I say like, damn, I ran sub seven. Good for mm-hmm. me. Right. Or like, wow, I'm even here. I made it through customs, which is more than I can say from when we went to Paris. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a good day. And so the next day, my friend Ed who got like third place at the marathon, real casual, just ran a, nice. ran a casual 255 marathon. NBD. Yeah. So we were talking about something and he just looked at me and he's like, feller, he's like, do you ever give yourself credit for what you do or do you always just beat yourself up for what you don't do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
I don't know. Like, of course I cried because that's what I always do. Mm -hmm. Um, Something about all these, all, 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 all the, the emotions men in my life Man. that wanted to make me cry. Yeah. Um, so what we do. But I was kind of like, damn, I guess he's right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm just in this constant period of self-discovery lately. Yep. And that's why doing stuff like this is helpful. I don't know if it's helpful for anyone listening, but I know that for me it is to just kind of sit down. Because you and I don't get the opportunity to like sit down and talk. I have no. to literally put a microphone on you. Yep. And get a little bit of undivided attention but i don't know i don't know where the answer is going to come from i don't know what i'm going to be doing in a week a month a year 10 years i hope i figure it out soon but i my big realization so far from tonight has been that i have a very hard time looking at anything and saying hey this is what will make me happy in life versus how do i make this into a job right i have this whole thing where I feel like, well, it needs to be something where I get paid every week and I can blah, blah, blah. And like, I feel this, I don't know what it is. I don't know where it came from. I feel like I need to be financially independent and I need to, yeah. a point of pride maybe. Here's a question. Who, who, who do you really like look up to in the world that you think like, man, like that person is doing a great job at what they, they're living their dream. They're doing a great job. I look up to them. One or two people. God, no one came immediately to mind. How sad is that? Mm. I think I need to like recurate my follow, like who I follow in this mm. world because I think that I have surrounded myself with, I mean, I love my friends, obviously. I have incredible friends, but I think a lot of us are in a similar boat mm -hmm. and that's okay, but it's not motivating to get out of the boat. Nope. It's like, oh, cool. We're all in this boat together. Let's all just kind of keep paddling. Yeah. We're all lost. Yay. Hmm. That's interesting that you can't even off the top of your head, like you just don't jump to that. No one that I'm excited about. Wow. I can look at people like I can say, oh yeah, you, that's easy, but like. Right. There's no one that you're following. You're like, man, like I'm like, man, Richard Branson, like, dude, that dude's killing it. Yeah. And of course there's people like that. And I actually do follow Richard Branson. And yeah, but you it know, didn't pop in your mind. You're not like, no, wow, like, like these are the two people that Oprah I really look up to. And, or, you know, sure, you can list people, but there's no one you're like following people, that you're like, man, right. if I can take a piece of what they're and doing. I will also say I've never really had a mentor. And I'm starting to realize that, like, I would love to have someone close to me in my life that I look up to personally and professionally mm -hmm. that I can go to. Because right now I go to you with this stuff. Yeah. And that's fine. But you and I do have very different styles of working through things. And yeah. it's good because you get me out of my comfort zone. But at the same time, it would be helpful to have someone that is a little more on my level in terms of communication style like this is good because mm -hmm. this gets me out of where i want to be right and i still want that from someone but like i would love a really strong powerful female role model sure you know i look at people like katie couric people like a meredith Vieira. like mm -hmm. i really admire their careers yeah but i don't like i want someone i need to yeah because no one immediately came to mind that I was like, mm -hmm. she's killing it. She's awesome. I'm sure as soon as we stop recording, I'm going right. to think of 14 people. Yeah. But, but the fact that no one immediately came to mind, to mind no. that I was like really right. excited about. Right. It just, it goes to the yeah. whole, where's your focus, right? Um, and 
there, you know, there's a saying, and I think it's, you know, the saying is that you are an average of the five people that are closest yes. to you. And I think that you can probably with social media and everything today, and especially, you know, you and I have followings and people we engage with all the time that we, maybe we don't personally know, you know, maybe you say like, you know, the five people that are close to you plus the 20 people that you interact with most on the internet or whatever you want to call it, right? You're the average of all of those people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm not asking you to call anything out or any people specifically, but if you if you really think about that right now and say like, okay, if I'm the average of those people, all those people I'm, I'm surrounding myself with, are they people that are pulling you, if you average yourself out, are they pulling you upward and out of that circle or are they pulling you down back into it? No, I need to be in circles where I'm the lowest one. Yep. And I mean, it depends how you look at it. It depends on the circle and... I surround myself with lovely, wonderful people, but I also need to kind of not redefine. I don't want to not have anyone not in my life that's in it right now because I love them so much. But I do I do need to get back to a place where I'm constantly like striving to keep up. Yes. Where I'm the one who is at, on the lowest rung, where I'm the one who's clinging to hang up where or to hang on, where I'm the one who... Living they're outside of like, your comfort zone. Yeah, where they're like, how'd we let her in here? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it feels really good to be at the top. It feels really good to be the smartest person in the room. It feels really good to be the one with all the answers. But I know that that's not where I'm going to benefit no. from being right now. No. The biggest, the, the I most. I have no answers. <laughs> right. The, mo the most successful and happiest people that I have come across and spent time with, especially recently in the last six months, um, people I never thought I would even be around are people that surround themselves with people mm -hmm. that are outside of their own comfort zones. Every person, regardless of where they are, the most successful, happiest people I've realized have a couple of things in common. One is there's this like curiosity about life. The things that they're most curious about. Like yeah. The things they're most curious about they put as much time as they can into trying to find out more and more and more and more because then it's fun. You know, like that's why I love what I do, no matter how challenging or screwed up it is. Man, I'm just down the rabbit hole every day because it's just so fascinating to me. I love building a business. I love marketing. I love digital. Uh, but what I'm saying is that it's like you have those things, right? Where you have this thing. You said it earlier where you do have this thing that is super curious to you, but you're not spending the majority of your time pushing into that and surrounding yourself with people who have done that on a scale that makes you feel uncomfortable that have done it before or bigger and so on and you're not pushing yourself into that and so it's like you're not you're it's not that you're not doing anything it's just you're not giving yourself the opportunity i just have this ingrained in myself for whatever reason that everything needs to immediately result in some kind of like either monetary payback or I don't know. It's just like the whole, the definition of the word job right. that I feel is so limited. And so I don't know. I don't know how to shake that. You you know me at what point I didn't just wake up one day and decide, Hey, I'm going to build this agency. And all of a sudden I have 40 employees. How did I get to there? How many failures, how many screw ups, how many, how many, oh my God, are we going to make it to next weeks? Have I had over the last 15 Don't years to get to this way. point? But what I'm telling you is that you know, it doesn't have to be that extreme of running a business, but the whole idea 
of staying safe and saying, well, I'm afraid to I fail. I was raised by a Jewish account. <laughs> Dude, he's awesome. He's amazing. He is amazing. Yes. He has also instilled in me the value of always having a savings account and always putting 30% of your paycheck sure. in it. Sure. Like- and it doesn't mean you don't have to do those things. They're not mutually exclusive. But what I was not raised by risk takers. No, that's fine, right? And most of us weren't. I wasn't either. I mean, you know my story. And I, I mean, I don't you know. I tell my story. I don't, once or twice. Right. <laughs> But like I was I was raised by a very blue collar family. My dad was in the Air Force and he died the day of his retirement and he had all these dreams. And while he loved the Air Force and he did a great job and he worked up his way up to lieutenant colonel and he worked there for over 30 for 30 years. He had these things that he really wanted to do that. Oh, one day I'm going to I'm going to put the paychecks. I'm going to do this. And, and while he liked that, he, you know, again, he was a military man. He loved it. But that wasn't his ultimate dream in life. And he never got to do it because ultimate dream. He, he had, um, and he, it almost happened. He had, um, cause he started actually in the air force. He started this program called the galaxy program, oh, yeah. right? Where they brought in kids from the elementary schools and like once a week and they teach them all this stuff and they do like aerospace. Like it was really amazing. It was the one of the first of its kind. And so my dad started really realizing that like, you know, he was putting his energy into those kind of things and he realized that he really loved teaching. He really loved seeing like kids like learning about aerospace, about flight, about, you know, it, it, you know, avionics, like all of these incredible things. Like he, he really loved it. And he started this entire program within the Air Force out on Long Island. And that was him. He started that. And he wanted to open up the science center uh, that he was going to open up. And he had he started getting th- and he was like his dream really was to teach other people like he loved science. He loved space. He loved, you know, flight. He loved all of those things that are like complex that we all are like, man, you get an airplane, it just takes off. He loved teaching other people like how that actually worked. But that's not what being in the Air Force is like. So that was kind of his secondary. Like he found a small way to start getting that off the ground. But his real dream was to do that all the time. And he died the day of his retirement. And he spent 30 years not doing the thing that he ultimately wanted to do. And again, I'm not saying that he had like that wasn't totally something that he didn't have interest in. But he did not spend the time doing that because he would have failed, you know, because, oh, you have to do this and you got to retire and you got to get a pension. Do our parents lived in a different time? And that and was the way I that. Feel. Right. I live in their time. Right. And so it's not their time, our time. It's just life. It's our time. <laughs> do and, you do you think that he would like me? Absolutely. He would love you. Would he think I'm too silly? Oh, he's he like lo- an Air he Force to, guy. Yeah, he was very serious, but he he had, he had, a, lot, he had a soft spot. He would have liked you. <laughs> A lot. He would love you. So, but the thing is, is look, it's, it's, you can spend your energy and your time trying to not fail. But the truth is, if you don't get up to bat, if you don't take that shot, you'll never get the opportunity. You might, I hate to say it this way, I'm going to be blunt. You might die before you ever get to do it. You really might. And so what are you waiting for? Are, what you, are you waiting for? Right? Scream and she jumped. He no! jumps off the building. Oh, I know what you did last summer too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the same <laughs> thing. He jumps knew. off the building. I knew but it. You knew that it was what a horror movie. Yeah. What are Jennifer you waiting for? Jennifer Love She's spinning around. Yes, I, I don't know why that's vivid wow, in my mind, but it is. I, you have literally never gotten a single pop culture reference I've made. I got that that's one. That's the one. <laughs> that's amazing. I know nothing about pop culture except for that. <laughs> and I don't know why I do, but I do. But seriously, I know I'm getting a little, a little, yeah, little we'll intense here. We'll, we'll back it off in a second. But Say something nice before we go into the Q&A. Get me back in my uh... yeah look I, I i i just think it's this 
it's 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 and and I get it. I I was there. I've been there. I've lived through it multiple times. And I, everyone does it. If you don't try, if you don't get up and take a swing, and you expect or you expect that you're going to hit a home run every single time, and you're afraid to strike out, you'll never hit the home runs. And the people that are most successful most successful are the ones that have screwed up the most you know why because they tried the most they worked out the most they tr- they went for it a thousand times instead of five or instead of a hundred or instead of 20 or even instead of 400 and so it's just a matter of you know you're the one that's going to be able to get yourself over that fear and say you know what, i'm going to think differently but the reality is the more that you don't go out and do it the further you get from that opportunity because it's just time that goes by. And just like my dad, you don't know how much time you have. And unfortunately, at some point, you run out of it. Every single one of us. Anyway, all right, let's jump into oh. that. And we've been talking for a while here. This was fun and yeah, it got deep. Not I don't where know. I thought this was going to go, but I. <laughs> you want to do this? It, it is, uh, oh my gosh, it's almost it's midnight. La- I know. It's the latest I've been up in a long time. Okay. Yeah. So we put, we let the world know a couple minutes ago <laughs> that we would be doing this episode and asked people if they had questions. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Yeah. So we got a couple, we got a lot of questions via the Instagram stories, the IS. The IS. TM. All right. So we'll keep this short. We're a lot of these yeah. could probably we'll be their own full them. episode, but um, five I'm, second answers. I'll read the questions. All right. This one's from Am Run- I answering or are you answering them? I don't know. These are all different we'll questions. I haven't in. read them yet. Let's I just, just go through them. We'll okay. Fly. This is from Run With Sass. She says, Brian is a big goal chaser, but how did he develop that confidence? I like what he stands for and encourages others to do, but many of us don't have the courage to just go after these big goals or don't know where to start. Maybe that sounds like a cop-out, but I think a big part of it is building up your confidence first to put yourself out there and chase big, scary goals. So where'd you develop your confidence? Yeah, and actually, I don't think you develop confidence first. I think confidence comes from actually doing and seeing results. And so my suggestion for that is to think about what happens if you're 90 years old and you look back on your life and say, I didn't do that thing? Will you remember, like, will you remember taking that $200 writing job when you're 32 to God, like, cause whatever? No, you absolutely won't. But to guess what you will remember? You know what? I should have taken that shot. I should have done that. I should have. And that to me is like, do I wanna be on my deathbed at some point and go, man, I wish I would have tried cause I don't know what would have happened. Absolutely not. And then once you start to push yourself forward and you do it and you start to see results from it, that's where the confidence comes from. All right. This is from the Go Girl blog. Go girl. (laughs) How do you all prioritize couple time with such demanding jobs? We don't. This is couple time. Yep. Literally is the most time we spent together all week. Yep. Honestly. All month. All like. Since the new year. Yeah. Legitimately. This is the first hour and a half we've actually sat down for just us. And I think the thing is. For all you. We sit down and we have this time together and we talk through things. This isn't every day. This isn't like, oh, let's showcase what our life is like. This is it. Yep. Like we're not, we don't have this all figured out. No, no. We're actually working through problems really because it's the only time we get to talk. We just happen to be recording it. Okay. This is, oh, this is from Nicole. The real Nicole 2112. Nice. Question for Brian. Hello. When you're busy with work and traveling all over and working long hours away from Mm. home, what are some ways that you make the effort to show your wife how important she is and that she's loved? Oh, man. I wish I had a great answer, but I know I'm horrible at this. Allie, is there anything I do? No. Literally nothing. I'm bad at it. Right, I, like, I love you with all my heart. You don't do shit. Nicole, maybe you could give me some tips because I'm terrible at it. I'm you sorry. You don't call. You don't text. You don't. Like, you don't. You do nothing. I make most of the Nicole, effort. Nicole, help me, please. 
<laughs> Next question. But that's the reality. All Moving right. on. All right. <laughs> question for Allie. When do your most creative thoughts come to you? Where are you and what are you typically doing? Is there somewhere you go to help the creative juices get flowing? Yes, I am either in the shower, I am trying to fall asleep, or I am mid-run. Hmm. Nothing comes to me when I want it to. Nothing good comes to me when I'm sitting at my computer. Nothing good comes to me when I say, let me sit down and brainstorm. It is always inopportune times when I do not have a pen, paper, or access to my phone. Nice. Yeah, it's when you least expect it. It's kind of like what they say about everything. When I'm driving, I come up with a lot of ideas when I'm driving. But yeah, most of my good ideas are in the shower. <laughs> Question for the couple. With crazy schedules and busy careers, how do you keep the passion going? Well, when you never see each other, passion's easy. <laughs> yep. When we see each other. All right. Running Yogi Nashville wants to know, when will Ellie get a first sibling? <laughs> Not oh, anytime man. soon. We, you know Wish what we... Wish <laughs> Two dogs is a lot. Um, it, that's That's why we... Sometimes Ellie's best friend, Hank, when Hank's Hank. parents are traveling, we get to hang out with Hank and it's really nice. How do you guys handle so much time apart with Brian's busy travel schedule and you traveling too so much lately? Yeah, there's a lot of commonalities between these questions. Yeah, people want to know: how, Do you guys actually like each other? How are you making this work? We <laughs> yeah. don't. Nope. We don't have. We don't have anything figured out. We nope. also, we don't right now really have any couple friends who are in the same situation we're in. It's really hard. It's like, very hard to find other like entrepreneur wife couples that are going through the same We're doing exactly thing. what we're doing. Very like, difficult. And I think, I mean, that's true. It's hard to find people who are always doing exactly what anyone's doing. Sure. But I don't know anyone else who's in our exact situation. I know that they exist. Sure. But we're not friends with them yet. But they're yet. also so busy. We don't know where they yeah, are. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, it's really hard. And it's like, I know I've said this before, but it's one thing like I can bitch to my girlfriends all I want. Like, oh, Brian's not around. I don't really bitch about you not being around. It's more that you're not around and you don't call or text. But it's very easy to like complain to my girlfriends about Brian working really late and for them to say like, he's a dick. He should make time for you. And that says that they all say that he I'm should a- make time for you. He should prioritize. You guys are married, blah, blah, blah. It's so easy for everyone to say that. It's very hard for people to understand the actual realities of building a business that's growing like yours is. No one gets it. And that's why I've honestly like, I, I have a couple girlfriends that I'll talk to about like, some of the things that we're going through because you can't keep it all bottled in and sometimes that's helpful but like bigger picture stuff it's just there's no one that really gets it the closest people who get it are actually my mom and dad Mm -hmm. because they've been through it yeah and that's nice but at the same time they worship the ground brian walks on more than they worship the ground i walk on so (laughs) we're dedicating this episode to ali's parents (laughs) thank you and david no but like they get it more than most people because they've done it they're still doing it yeah so they get it but like i'm i don't want to talk to them too much about our marriage i think or with anyone like it's personal i just sometimes need to vent you don't vent at all no so how do you work out time together? My other half and I are constantly on the go. He more than I. And we struggle with this balance sometimes. Wondering how you deal with it a couple. As a couple, we don't. Yeah. Really, like we. <laughs> I don't really Having a dog helps. Yeah. We would do even less together if For we didn't sure. have Ellie. Because yeah, yeah, at yeah, least yeah. with her, we. Like tomorrow we'll go drive to the dog park. Yeah. That sounds silly, but it, that'll be a few hours no, dog of park, actual time. And I will admit half the time we drive to the dog park, Brian is on calls work-related calls during the drive yeah. and i get annoyed because you get real mad why are you not because i grew up with that mm-hmm. i grew up where we would go on family vacations but that meant us being quiet in the car because my dad was on work calls we yep. couldn't talk couldn't listen to music it's kind of the same it's tough and the thing that gets me through it is telling myself it's not always going to be like this remembering that we love each other mm-hmm. 
that it's hard and that we chose to be a team to get through it. And there's, I wish there were balance. There's not balance. Not right now. I don't believe in balance. Yeah. Okay. If Brian and you can describe success in one word, what would it be? Well, it would definitely be different for each of us. So what's yours? I know what mine is. Success for me is health and happiness. Freedom. Um, snarky runner wants to know, do you sometimes resent how much time Brian spends away from home working, especially when you're homebound and sick? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Snarky runner also wants to know the high energy, motivational grab life by the balls guy that Brian is on social media. Is he like that at home too? Does he always operate at 1000%? Oh, interesting question. And I'm going to be very interested in your answer. Um, does he always operate at 1000%? Generally? Yes. It kind of depends on the day and his mood and my mood. I mean, what the the Brian that I see at home, no, is not the same as bold CEO. But that's not to say that bold CEO isn't who you are because okay. it is. Right. But what do you mean by that? Well, if you ran around the house constantly being like, rise, if you literally, if your alarm went off in the morning and you went rise and grind, babe, I would no. Like that week that you decided to set your alarm to what was the song? All the way up. All, yeah, all of a sudden it's 6 a.m. and I hear, I'm all the way up. And I just looked at him and I go, never again. That's actually what she said, yes. And that is, you can feel the look probably So now through the it's podcast. like a nice classical mm-hmm. song it's easing basic. into the morning. Nice also, my day. alarm yeah. now goes off before yours. I but know. no, you're not that guy. Like, your guard is down a lot more around me. You're... You're sillier around me. You talk in an Ellie voice around sure. me. You're still at a thousand percent all yeah. the time. I move a thousand miles an hour, but I'm not yeah, so like. Always. But if you were what the internet sees all the time at no. home, we wouldn't be married. No. Because that's too much. But at the same time, like your drive is something I love about you. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm not always in the mood for it. It's, right. you know, I don't want some lazy dude. Okay, let's let's do one last one. Okay, this is a good one. This comes from JKM37. Brian has said one of the reasons he's so driven in his career is because his father passed away the day before he retired. Mm. I wonder why Brian now chooses to devote the vast majority of his time to his career now when his father didn't miss out on his career. He missed out on spending time with his family in his retirement. I know this seems super personal, but you asked for questions about feelings. Yeah, it's not the same. It is, he, while obviously he loved the military, he enjoyed it, uh, something he wanted to do. It was not his ultimate goal. It wasn't his ultimate dream. It wasn't his thing that he wanted to accomplish in life. I am driven towards and doing every single day the thing that I want to build and accomplish in life. I'm not working in a job that I'm, well, yeah, I'm good at it and I like it, but um, I, I just not re- one day I'll do this other thing. Like that was his thing. Like one day when he retires, he's going to go do this other thing. I don't have to wait for that. I get up every day and do the thing I want to do. The thing you want to do isn't time with your family. That's a sacrifice to build and accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish. Do you worry about missing out on that? Or does that not cross your mind because you're very fulfilled? And I'm, I'm asking this actually objectively. It's a tough question to be honest with you because I think it's a little of both. I, I, in all honesty, I, I, I do think I fear that I miss out on some of the simpler things and the small things in life in my family. I do because I obviously do miss it. Like what? It's just simple stuff like, you know, going on a little weekend trip here and there is hard or, hey, let's just go out and hang out with some friends tonight. It doesn't happen. Uh, let's spend a little more time with Ellie and us or whatever. Let's go out on a date night. Now, obviously, can I get a little better at doing that? Sure. And we will. 
but I, but I, you know, it's definitely, I do know that I'm going to miss out on some of that. At the same time, I'm so driven to build this incredible, I know that I have this thing inside of me that I have to do. I cannot let that, I don't know if you want to call it talent or just drive or whatever it is, that I cannot not, I cannot see it through fully. I would feel very disappointed in myself if I did not, if I did not make it happen. And it's not even the ultimate, like, did it play out the exact way I wanted? Because it definitely won't in some regards. But it's, can I find out what I'm made of? And I and I can't not do that. I can't. I just have that drive. I cannot not. I will feel as bad as I feel about missing out on certain things in life. And I want to spend more time with my wife. I mean, the biggest challenge for me right now is just, I really genuinely wish there was more hours in a day I do. You know, I, I, I wish there was, I want to do both, but I cannot, I've done this for so long. I've realized that it is in me. I have that thing, whatever you want to call it, that is just driving me. That is a little bit of insanity or stupidity or whatever, where I cannot not do it. I will regret my entire being, my entire life. I will never feel fulfilled if I do not push myself to my absolute maximum to see if I can take it where I know I can take it. So that doesn't mean that it's in detriment of my family. My goal well, it is, is well in the in it the is now. In direct detriment to your family. But it's not that I'm intentionally. I'm not like no, screw my family. I don't care. <laughs> it's on my I mind. Hope not. <laughs> no, it's on my mind. I wish I could do both to that full level of, ex- of an extent. And I'm conscious of it. Do I think I can do a better job? Yeah. But can I ever put five out of a scale of one to 10? I'm putting a 500 on one side. Can I get to that level on the other at the same time? I no. I'm not saying I can't, you know, but I'm running out of hours in the day. You. You know, it's tough. It's 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 tough. It really yeah. is tough for me. All right. I, it's well, a, we, anyway, we anyway, have sorry. literally run out of hours in this day. Yep. So the last question comes from Laura Ann Walsh. There's one more. She wants Familiar to know, name. Brian, will you be running any 5Ks this year? <laughs> any um, turkey when trots you use, planned? When, when you say running, <laughs> is it in air quotes? Because then maybe, it, yes. It wasn't, but I think it's implied. Okay. If if I'll be running any 5Ks in air quotes this year, then most likely. And that will be our next podcast episode. Brian, thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of the Alley on the Run show. I have loved catching up with you, and I look forward to a month from now when we get to... Now our next date night. <laughs> our next date night. That we'll record. Yeah, this was. We had wine. I made dinner. You did make dinner. It was delicious. Thank you very much. Yeah. We um, should like go to a restaurant on like, a real date night and take the recorder and just like put out a podcast. We don't know any other way. No, I know. I mean, if we're going to do it, we're living That's life That's not true. We saw Pitch Perfect 3 together a couple weeks ago. We did. See, we have date nights. It's we not do. often. We do our best. That's And ultimately, that's the answer to all those questions. We're doing our best, and some days our best really sucks. Other days our best is pretty good, but we're doing it together and work in progress. That's what I'm going to call this episode, work in progress. I love you. I love you. That was super cheesy. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Alley on the Run show. And thanks for joining us. On the run. Yay!